All right. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Anthony Diaz, and uh, this is the Pop Health Show. So thank you so much for joining and for listening in. Um, I am the uh, CEO and founder of Health Hero as well, which is a, a, a digital population health company. But we um, are all about on this show speaking with individuals that have done profound changes on an individual and group basis, specifically, you know, living on the fringes of, of the top things that each and every single guest has experienced the most on in making groups healthy. And I'm very pleased to have Annie Okerlin on the show. Annie, uh, I've always been a big fan of uh, her approach to mindfulness, to yoga, health in general. She's, she's been more, I, I found she's been working on some profound stuff recently has a great history. Anyway, uh, Annie, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Thanks, Anthony. I'm so happy to be here. Great, great. Well, well, Annie, um, Maybe you can tell us a little bit on how you got into your line of work, a, a little bit more on what you're doing. I know you've obviously you've had your own yoga studio, you've sold it recently, and you're working on some other interesting projects. But I think if you can take us back to your, you know, I view you kind of as a hero in this space. Take, tell us your origin. How did you get into this space? What what passions drove you to towards your your line of work? Well, originally back in 1996 when I started yoga. Um, I, I used it more to ground. I'm, I'm kind of spacey, a little flaky maybe, um, and just not very tethered to what was happening in the world. And a friend of mine was uh, talking to me one day and she said, you know, I think yoga would be really good for you. And I said, oh, no, no, I'm a, I'm a runner and, you know, I, I like to do, you know, I'm active, I swim, blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, I think that, that you really need it for your mind. And I thought, whatever. So I took my first Bikram yoga class with her, and it completely kicked my rear end. I thought to myself, I've never done anything so physically challenging in my life. And it made me realize, well, what have I, what have I been doing with, with my life? And mm -hmm. the thing that was challenging for me most was staying focused on one spot, staying focused on one thing, clear, concise. And that really intrigued me. The physicality was, was challenging, but the mental became ultimately, and still is to this day, what, 19 years later, still really challenging. Um, so I practiced by myself in my house, in my apartment for a year and a half and thought, you know, I, I really would like to go back and, and to school, finish up all my, my business degree, blah, blah, blah. And the only thing I can think of to make money would be to teach yoga. I would love to teach this, but I'm going to go to the training and just see. So I went to the training and within three weeks I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. <laughs> because I was hearing more stories of the other 50 people in this training with me of how you know they went from really major injury to feeling vibrant and vital and powerful again in their bodies, um, all age ranges, young, old, um, body sizes, experience levels, and just life lesson levels were all different. So it was really beautiful that there was this connection just through a 90-minute yoga class. So mm -hmm. I came back to Tampa, Florida, which had, I was born and raised here, and thought, you know, I'm going to give this a shot, see what happens. And um, my mom gave me $500 <laughs> and I started my business on $500 and then, uh, it grew and I had a brick and mortar yoga studio space for 17 years. I sold it six months ago or five months ago at this point. Mm -hmm. And 
one of my first students back in the day was this huge, big, uh, broad man who turned out to be a retired Navy SEAL, Admiral. And he, about 10 years ago, was visiting an injured Navy SEAL at Walter Reed Army Medical Center in D.C. and called me up and said, listen, I think that yoga would be an amazing support practice for these injured military. And that began sort of a new level of expanding where we presented yoga. Um, And I remember thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how this is going to work. But I think we find as we get older that when we're impassioned by something, and yoga obviously is my passion, hey, let's try it. You know, worst case, it doesn't work. Okay, but I still have this energy and drive to think that it's going to go further. So that was, like I said, a decade ago. And it this practice of taking yoga and meditation into military spaces, you know, DOD facility, facilities, military hospitals, now VA hospitals, and, and all of the supporting areas for military veterans and their family became what I now focus on, which is Exalted Warrior Foundation. Mm-hmm. And so really what we do is create adaptive yoga programs for every type of injury um, the seen ones, you know, the, the physical ones, amputations, spinal cord injuries, um, you know, people who are confined to wheelchairs, all the way through the unseen injuries of traumatic brain injury and uh, the overarching concern that we're dealing with a lot from these last two wars and what we're still seeing is uh, PTSD and combat operational stress. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, Yoga as a self-regulation tool, it's been going for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us can say we have had a physical experience of us being really, really stressed out and the body taking over for a second in the, the big like exhale. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I talk to people who are like, I'm not going to do yoga, this is crazy. It's like, actually, your body does it for you. What we're doing in a yoga class is just taking control of what the body normally does and and fine-tune it a little bit so that you're self-regulating. And that's a really empowering space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, Annie. No, this is powerful. Yeah, um, I'm aware of the you know work you do at Exalted Warrior, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, you know to your point of you know it's a great powerful story you told us on how you started your yoga studio. I know Yogani has always been noted as you know one of the top uh, yoga studios uh, in Florida. I personally, you know, obviously have been there. I, I appreciate your classes, and uh, I know so many of my friends do as well. So. So thank you for creating that and thank you for <laughs> thank doing you. what you're currently doing. Um, so, you know, one thing I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about is, you know, when you talk about yoga meditation, um, this is so much me, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there that may have some, you know, religious uh, views on like, oh, you know, I don't do yoga meditation because that's that's not my religion or that doesn't feel right. And then you obviously have the scenario where you have this these soldiers, these Navy SEALs, right, that have been in wars and you know, super manly, super, you know, like, you know, can punch through brick walls and not feel a thing. Like, how do you overcome or how do you combat or, or how to handle those objections of, you know, whether it's, it's almost like aggression of, you know, 
I, I, I don't need yoga. I don't need meditation. I pray or, you know, I don't need yoga meditation. I'm this religion. Um, can you speak to that a little bit on how you've been successful in kind of converting over people to adopting and being a little bit more open-minded to trying things and maybe have a story or two there? Um, one of my favorite stories right in the beginning, I had an older gentleman who had been practicing with us for a few years and a news crew came in to film him and he was always very quiet, super loving human, but just quiet, did his own thing. He was in his seventies at the time when he first started his yoga practice and he'd been a runner. So anybody who lived on, on or around Bayshore Boulevard in Tampa would see this sweet gentleman running up and down, um, every day. And then he started to come to yoga and a few years into his practice, this news crew came in and they said to him, you know, why did, why do you go to yoga? And he said, well, it makes me a better Christian. And they were sort of a little shocked by this. And so was I, cause I'd never heard this story mm-hmm. from him. And he said, I am, he, he said, I'm a retired priest. I w- he had been, um, an army chaplain for years and felt that slowing down and really reconnecting with himself made him a better listener so that praying is you talking to God, mm-hmm. asking whatever you need or, or thinking or, or whatever your prayer to whoever may be. Meditation is listening. Mm-hmm. So meditation is when we take a moment or several moments and we just get quiet. But we all know from the normal stresses and strains of our lives, and you don't have to be a Navy SEAL to be under pressure. Just the way our culture is now, there's a lot of pressure. And this idea of slowing down enough to come back to our own listening, that's really what meditation is. Mm -hmm. Because we know how our mind processes things. Some of us faster, some of us slower. And this, this ability to get present with ourselves and really get quiet so that we can listen, it's, it's just a reminder. It's a reminder, oh yeah, I am okay. Because so much of the speed and the pressure of life keeps us moving so fast that we, we forget to check in. And we know as humans, we seek this connection with another human our families, our partners, our friends. And when we can't do that for ourselves, our ability to do that for others is diminished. Mm-hmm. And nobody really wants that. But unfortunately, there's a, there's a drive that has come, this innate drive to do, 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 that we kind of forget, and I think in a lot of times we really forget, to just be. Mm-hmm. And really, for me, that's that's my, that's why I do what I do. I want to help people remember who they are and that innate knowledge of I'm okay, no matter what's happened so far. Um, I think people come in with an awareness thinking that, you know, I have to tie my leg behind my head. And really that's not it. Yes. We move the body gently, sometimes more powerfully to get the body to rest so that the mind can find its ease. And I I feel like we're all quite blessed in that we know how to move our body. We know how to walk. We know how to do do this or that. But we don't have the tools normally or are given the tools normally to slow down 
and find that ease in the mind. And I think that um, that's how I describe it when someone comes at me with a question like, hey, is this a religious practice? Actually, no, it isn't. But you will find a sense of connection to whatever is your highest or higher purpose or higher um, guide by getting quiet with yourself. That's usually how I answer that. I love it. I love it. No, that's powerful. Um, really appreciate that story. Um, Annie, we have a, uh, listeners that probably have never done yoga or meditation or maybe done it once or twice. What would you say, how would you approach someone that, or what would you say to someone that wants to get into, you know, trying yoga or meditation? What's the like simplest first step to do one or both um, to, that, you know, you know, they, you want them to try it, but is it download an app, download the Calm app or Headspace mm-hmm. or, you know, take a chair in the corner? Maybe you can tell us a little bit on how you get, how can someone get started? I think the apps out there are amazing. Um, getting started isn't as daunting as it used to be, but it's definitely, people feel like I, I hear a lot, I can't go to yoga class till I lose weight. Well, yoga class is a great place to start to lose weight because you'll feel better in your body. You may make better food choices. You'll probably hydrate more, you know, those kinds of things. But I always like to, no matter who or what they've been doing, I, I, I point them towards more of a gentle or restorative yoga class. Mm-hmm. Again, because we all know, you know, you could go to the gym, you could go out for a walk and get some good movement and get the lymph moving through the body and, you know, the, all the hormones are moving, everything feels good. But there's this ability that there's a constant push behind that. And I think more bang for your buck in the beginning is feeling that felt experience in the body and in the mind of being calm, of coming back to this, oh, you know, we wake up to an alarm, usually most of us, which is very jolting, which Mm -hmm. is immediately sending the central nervous system into, whoa, I got to get going. And it's a dash (laughs) for the rest of the day. And so one of the the things that I'll use um, also is what we call stoplight breathing. Just put your hands on the steering wheel at a stoplight and notice your breath. Feel for a few moments or however long you have just the sensation of your breath as it passes through your nose. That's it. Turn the radio off. Just feel that. And I have so many people reach out and say, that was the coolest thing I think I've done in ages. And I felt really calm. And if you think about on your commute, even if you're, if you're on a train, if you take a train every day, every time you make a stop at a station, breathe. Notice your breath for those moments. And what's fascinating is you'll find, one, how quickly the mind kicks up into, oh, did I turn off the stove? What's, you know, who do I need to call? Blah, blah, blah. What happened five years ago? What's happening in three? And you keep coming back to the sensation of your breath as it passes through your nose as just a gentle reminder to check in. And really, that's Mm -hmm. what it is. We're dropping these little reminders of checking in. Apps are great. There's tons of insight timer, like the ones that you mentioned as well. There's tons of great things out there, but ultimately it's taking responsibility for our health, even if it's one, three, five minute increments at a time. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Great, great. Now, I, I love the trigger and, and yeah, thank you for going deeper there. Um, 
triggers like this are amazing. You know, the stoplight. Um, I also heard a really interesting one, Annie, where um, if you're going from meeting to meeting, always, you know, take a six second breath between meetings. And that in itself can allow you to rebaseline so you don't go into the next meeting rushed. And I, I can speak for myself. Usually I'm back to back meetings and I've been trying that trigger lately. And that's been, that's been quite a blessing to, to work with. So absolutely. So thanks for that, that the, the stoplight trigger suggestion. Um, Annie, as we, as we ra- round out kind of this, uh, this, this episode, um, I have a couple of questions for you that I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about, you know, um, from your perspective, maybe you can tell us about your morning ritual and, you know, what, what is the first 60 minutes look like of, of Annie's day? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, ch- I've been trying really hard to get a lot better sleep, um, and just go to bed at the same time. You know, as adults, we need a good seven to nine hours, preferably nine. Um, it's a much, much better end of the spectrum. Um, because that's where our body repairs itself, tissues, you know, regrow where hormones get balanced. And, and it's a really, um, really, really important part of our health. One of the big pillars of our health. But when I first wake up, if I'm, if I'm lucky enough to not have to shoot out early in the morning, um, I try to wake up on my own, but I have that like last minute alarm if I, I need to get going, but I try to have at least half a liter of water before I get started and then I'll drink the water and then I'll go and I'll sit and I do a, a breathing practice. Um, and I have, I just, it's the longest inhale you can do longest exhale. And I do it for every year that I've been alive and it's getting longer and longer. <laughs> um, uh-huh. and I'm hoping each, each time I get a little more graceful, but that really settles the brain. Um, and it's, and it's nice to have that continuation of a settled brain from sleep into the first part of the day. I always, the chant in my house with my son is let's have a gentle entrance to the day. Hmm. And especially, you know, he's 12 and, and all the ruckus of, you know, getting to school and did you get the, you know, blah, 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 all the <laughs> crazy life things that happen first thing in the morning and getting out to work and school, you know, it's nice to be really peaceful in the morning. Um, but it, but again, it's, it's one of those discipline pieces. It takes time to create and cultivate that pattern. Um, and then I'll, once I'm done with that, um, maybe I'll read with a cup of coffee or something and then wake him up. But I try to have at least a good 30 to 45 minute piece of the morning to myself before he gets up. And I really, I, I chant that a lot of getting up, having your own time because then you don't feel depleted as you're trying to give to someone else first thing mm-hmm. in the morning. I love it. I love it. That sounds so, so recharging. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Even though you've just woken up because we right. know sometimes the brain is like in the middle of the night too. Uh-huh. So, Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Well, well, Annie, um, I, I have a couple more questions where mm-hmm. I, maybe we can round out this interview um, or this uh, show um, this episode on, you know, maybe speaking a little bit more on Exalted Warrior and some of the changes that you've seen happen um, on a group setting. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that experience and how that's going and how you're getting, you know, these soldiers to, um, you know, get to the next level of healing, you know, and, and I, I know you've kind of mentioned these things in the past to me, but maybe if you have a story or two on how at a, on a group level um, you're seeing change happen. It's a really powerful 
place right now where we are um, in this sense of the military. But I think we can also pull it back even further and look at it as our in our country, just the dynamics of the election and the complete jumble that's happening in our in our particular country right now politically. There's so much upheaval. People aren't quite comfortable yet with the unknown. And I think yoga and meditation are really powerful pieces to use for finding your own comfort so that no matter what happens around you, you are more peaceful than following along in the the sort of cultural upheaval. Within the military, it's been fascinating. I've been doing this work for 10 years now. And the military, we'll, we'll divide it into the DOD as active duty and the VA as veterans sides. But the military's had a lot of awareness around contemplative practices, karate, things like that, um, tai chi for years and years and years. But I think now they're seeing it not just from post deployment or post injury, they're looking at it as a resiliency practice. Like people going into the military, people going out, off into onto deployment are, are doing the yoga, the meditation, whatever kind of contemplative practice before they go so that the coping mechanism for whatever they may experience is already there. So right now we're seeing on, on this quote unquote, we're drawing down our troops, which really isn't happening. We're, we're actually continually sending people um, on deployment, but we're seeing people who are being sent with more tools in the tool bag of self-regulation. And that's huge. We have a lot of work to do at home. Hmm. The, the disconnect for anyone injured or anyone who's had the stress and strain and trauma of being away from their family, even if they weren't injured, that's a stress. That's a major stress to someone. In some instances, there can be a trauma behind it. Welcoming that person back into the fabric of our culture is a challenge because they don't feel comfortable in, in themselves or in their body or in their mind as they work through the issues that they have. And as people staying at home, we don't quite have the tools either. So I've always felt really strongly that yoga was this beautiful, maybe awkward <laughs> initially kind of bridge, but the more we look at it as, hey, it's, it's a human way to connect. Um, it's an individual practice that can be done in a group setting with very strong individual experiences, but then it, it, it unites the group that's practicing together. Yoga means yoke or unite or create union. And so we're finding in our classes in the VA hospitals and in the military hospitals and in yoga studios around the country that you create community within the group of people that you're doing your yoga practice with. So we've got guys who are fresh off the streets, living in a VA domiciliary. We've got active duty guys who are on acute PTSD evaluation or you know, military service members who have been injured and are learning to live by themselves again because they've been in care for so long. And all of these people come together with members of community from you know, the local area and they create a connection through the yoga practice. And then 
they have things to talk about. It's a shared experience. We, we work with um, couples who maybe the service members traumatically injured and that spouse is now a full-time caregiver. And so they have not only the normal day-to-day stresses, but they have the major stress of a traumatic injury. And so we do couples retreats so that they get a chance to have shared experience of doing a wonderfully calm, gentle yoga practice together and an I rest yoga nidra, which just rejuvenates everybody. And then they can go home and they can have this conversation, not about the frustration of the medical situations that they're in, but the shared experience, the positive shared experience of doing something that they enjoyed together. Hmm. And I think that, that that's, the military is really aware of that now. And the VA is very aware that they can't do everything for the service members. They're trying to, they're, they're really, really busy, but there's all of these community partnerships out there, ours included, that are trying to support. And so we're really seeing the VA say, okay, tell us more about what you're doing. Can you provide more? And so we're sort of in this really exciting moment of, all right, from the top down look of, all right. The VA HQ is looking down going, we really need more support, and these are people doing it. Let's bring in these alternative modalities and therapies to support people and then get them back out into community. So that's really kind of where we are right now. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's so powerful. And, um, you know, obviously... um you know, with service personnel and the military, you know, you, you just have so much, so much, um, you know, potential trauma that I could, could have happened, but it's, it's so exciting to hear that your work is getting, you know, tremendous results. It's being receptive and, you know, something that felt like it was on the fringe edges, edges of, of, of health, you know, maybe like a decade ago now are starting to become more receptive and, and, you know, be embedded in, under the concept of resilience. And mm-hmm. so that's great. That's, that's super great to hear Annie. Well, Annie, I didn't want to take up, you know, so much time. We, we usually keep these episodes, you know, probably under 30 minutes, but I can keep talking to you forever <laughs> as always, of course, but you know, kind of my last question for you. And you, I think you might've hinted on some of these things, but, um, already, but tell us about something that you believe that is true even though you can't prove it? That the body knows. (laughs) No, no. I think one of the pieces for me that was really powerful when I first started doing I Rest Yoga Nidra was knowing and like really knowing in the fiber of my, my body in my mind that the body knew what to do. You know, the, we sometimes flip flop back and forth between being really in our head or being pretty solid in our body. And this, this, like, I have to keep going. I have to keep going. And this kind of push to push sometimes for no reason. And I remember thinking, I remembered one of my first meditations of just being so peaceful that I got emotional because I felt so peaceful because it felt like I hadn't been there for so long, but I didn't even realize that I hadn't been peaceful. Mm-hmm. And it was this, oh, this nature, you know, you read a lot, you know, I am love and you read these things. And even I kind of goof pot along them. I'm like, oh, I am light and I am unicorns and rainbow, <laughs> rainbow sparkles. And, but that is the, if, across every religion, 
and everything. We are love. And this, the first time I felt that peacefulness, that sense of deep peace that came from myself, I was like, ah, oh. and you can't, it, it's, it's a little challenging to describe, but there are moments in a meditation practice and, and hopefully as, as you practice longer, there's longer moments. And then it becomes the, the idea in the future is that it becomes your life is one long continual moment of feeling pure peace and love, but we have life and reality around it. Um, but that was, that was one of those things I was like, Oh wow. I thought that was just kind of a lure to get you in, Mm -hmm. but those moments, and I think we all have them of at times, and you don't have to be doing yoga. You could be a gardener or a fisherman where just boom, like everything is right in the world, in my world, right this moment. And this natural sort of, I always joke about it and call them the Calgon moments. Like, ah, Calgon, take me away, you know, like those (laughs) bath bubbles. But we've, we all get those little glimmers. And I think the reason that I wake up in the morning and I go and do my breath work every morning is because that reminds me every day. It's there. Go get it. You know, it's there. Let it, let yourself come back to that and stay there for as long as you can. So. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it, Annie. That's, uh, that's so profound and, uh, powerful and, uh, inspiring for me as well. You know, I think that's a place that we all, you know, when it get to, and it sounds like based on obviously some of the triggers to get started and some of the techniques you've outlined on the show, you know, all of us are probably just seconds away from those moments. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's super exciting that, 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 you know, is there in front of all of us. Um, Annie, like I mentioned, you know, we could probably, you know, probably talk forever and it would be a long show, but we want to, you know, keep these things short, punchy to the point and changing for, you know, so, um, Annie, this was super great to have you on the show. And I know obviously you've done, you're, you have a variety of new projects you're working on exalted warrior and, and some others, but what's the best way for people to interact with you online or, you know, maybe in person, I know you still teach over at uh, the yoga studio. So maybe if you, we want to end off here, just, um, mentioning how, um, people can connect with you. Um, they can connect with me and listen to some I rest yoga nidras on the exalted warrior website. Um, and it's exaltedwarrior.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Annie of Yogani on Instagram, Yogani studios on Facebook, Annie Okerlin on Facebook. Um, I have workshops and trainings all over the country. Um, and working, we're working a lot with first responders right now throughout the country. And so that's been a really great addition to, um, the workshop and training schedule, but yeah, everything is in the exaltedwarrior.com website has a lot of our stuff as well. Super, super. Annie, thank you so much. This was powerful, uh, to have you on the show. This was, this was great to hear, um, your thoughts on, on yoga and meditation and your successes in this space as well. Congratulations on all the projects you're working on and all the future success you're going to have, uh, with these projects, especially with the military. It's just super exciting. So Annie, thank thank you you so much. It was, it was was great great to hear you. Okay. Thanks Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the pop health show and, uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks so much, everyone.